Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. All right. It is time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Let's talk about the MLA pay raise that is not going to happen now. What's going on? Yeah, so the legislature, Legislative Assembly Management Committee met uh, yesterday and um, voted not to have a pay raise. So this would at first been this issue had first been raised by the Liberals, uh, opposition member uh, Todd Stone from Kamloops had a private member's bill saying no pay raise. Right, not a bad issue for the Liberals to raise. I mean, shed no tears here. Uh, the uh, compared to the average person, the MLA, uh, I think the base pay we just look up one fifteen, one hundred fifteen thousand. That's the base salary for an and MLA. All sorts of extras on top of that for some people. If you're parliamentary secretary, you get a top up. If you get if you're government whip, cabinet definitely. Minister. If, well, cabinet minister for yeah. sure. Uh, opposition, not so much, but opposition house leader, opposition whip, uh, I'll get a bit of top up on that. So again, this is a higher end of the income bracket are not going to a pay raise. Let's listen. To- I, I'm pretty sure this is an edict that came from David Eby's office. Okay, I was going to ask you about that. Let's listen to NDP MLA Todd Stone. This is the guy who's leading Liberal the charge. MLA. Liberal. Oh, what am? Oh boy, that's called Todd bad Stone mistake. NDP. Ooh, Todd's going to be on the phone. I'll never hear the end of that. <laughs> Liberal MLA Todd Stone. Have a listen. The NDP government decided to back down on their original plan to increase MLA salaries by what could have been up to 10%. That would have been about a $10,000 per MLA increase in their salary. Uh, you know what? The, the government clearly uh, heard the, the chorus of voices from British Columbians all over the province that said, nah, that is not on. Okay, so this would have been an automatic pay raise because mm-hmm. the, the MLA salaries are, are pegged to inflation. Yeah, right. cost of living. Yeah. Yeah, so this would have been a hefty pay raise, yeah. and of course it was inc- and it was interesting to see the public sector unions use this issue in their contract talks. Saying, "Wait a minute, you're getting a, a big raise. What about us?" Yeah, and not a you know, kind of an apples and oranges situation, but nevertheless, not a bad little message for public sector unions to uh, to use. Most unions have settled their contracts, but we still have a couple of notable exceptions. Basically, the BC Nurses Union and the paramedics. So that issue now is off the table in terms of um, bargaining strategy. Okay, so the NDP backs down on this one: no pay raise for MLAs. Do you think that came from the top? That this came? Oh from yeah, EB's I, office? I'm pretty sure it came from Evie's office. I mean, it was a no-brainer. I don't know why. Uh, I thought Todd Stone had a very effective point at a time when uh, you know people are, are hurting and not getting pay raises in line with inflation. Why should the politicians be the be the exception? Right, because with inflation running so high right now, <laughs> this would have been a significant pay hike. It would have been, and again, yeah. not everyone's getting, well, very few people, even, even the public sector unions are getting 14% over three years. Yeah. Well, if, if inflation right now is about 7%, if, yeah. if it continues like that, that's a 21% inflation rate, uh, and they only get 14 So yeah. um, why would politicians be the exception to be the only ones to get a pay raise that automatically matches inflation? It's another example, I think, where EB has sort of 
putting out these political fires. He, he yep. sees where he's, they're vulnerable and say, look, we just cut our losses on this. Like on the autism funding, we're getting beat up over this every day. Exactly. Let's back away. Exactly. No, he's, uh, he's, you know, and he's got more of a free hand than Horgan did. I mean, he's not tied to all of Horgan's policies. He's got, and I think Horgan uh, took a step back for several months and knowing full well someone's going to su- succeed him and left it op- uh, the door open for changes to be made. So autism uh, changes out the window. Uh, pay raise for politicians out the window. Okay, let's talk about the ICBC rate freeze announced by EB this week. Here he is speaking about it. I know that having a vehicle is incredibly important for many, many people across our province, and the affordability of car insurance is a key part of owning a car. We're working to build a British Columbia where nobody's left behind, uh, where people don't have to choose between having a job and not based on their car insurance rates. So basically framing this as an affordability measure, this rate freeze for ICBC, even though ICBC is losing money right now. Yeah, they're losing money. They're, they, they attribute their loss purely to investment uh, fund losses, but claims are also up as well. So ICBC, I think, I mean, Nicholas Jimenez, the CEO, insists their, their finances are robust enough to, to absorb a rate freeze for two years. Uh, but I see ICBC's finances have gone up and down, up and down over a period of years, and, and they're nowhere near as bad in shape as they were at the crest of the problems under the Liberals. But, you know, a loss is a loss. So two, almost $300 million loss projected when they were supposed to have a, a similar amount of money as a profit. Now you've got a political firefight here between the NDP and the Liberals over this because Kevin Falcon, the Liberal leader, was critical this week of ICBC's finances saying, look, you know, it's a mess over there again. They're losing money. The NDP turned around and said, oh, that means you, you don't support the rate freeze, which he hasn't. He hasn't said. He hasn't said that, yeah. but the Liberals are kind of trying to want it both ways here. Criticize the rate, yeah. f- criticize ICBC, but not uh, not uh, attacking the rate freeze. Yeah, I mean, I had the liberal MLA, Trevor Halford, on yesterday, and, and he was attacking ICB. Look at all the money they're losing over there. And I said, well, does that mean you're opposed to the rate freeze? Yeah, it, oh, no, no, no. You know, we like the rate freeze. Though. ICBC is an issue the liberals might want to stay away from for a while, considering the problems that really mounted on their watch. I mean, ICBC was in crisis under them. Uh, not not the most credible uh, voices right now when it comes to critiquing ICBC's well, performance. It's going to be interesting to see how Falcon frames this because I wonder if I don't he's think going... he wants to talk about it. Really? Because you know, well, do you remember Wilkinson? I guess this wasn't a, an issue that worked well for Wilkinson, the last Liberal leader, when he was saying he wanted to introduce private sector competition into auto insurance. It didn't really seem to catch on or resonate with voters. I wonder if Falcon will double down on that. Mm, well, maybe. I mean, he's certainly pushing the party to more to the right. Um, but again, I don't think ICBC is an issue that works for liberals. Stick to denying politicians pay raises. <laughs> What's going on with EB's announcement this afternoon? He's yeah. meeting with the Vancouver mayor. Yeah, so apparently he's been meeting with Ken Sim or, or phone calls privately uh, for a couple weeks now, um, talking about housing and public safety. And uh, also meeting with the Chinese Business Association um, uh, on on similar issues. They're meeting. They're having an announcement in the east side of Vancouver on Main and Second, I think, which is a housing announcement. But I think it's also tied to public safety. So this is the first announcement tied to his pledge to do more for housing and to do more on public safety, particularly cleaning up the downtown east side and the encampment. So we'll see what uh, what comes of that. Not sure what exactly the particulars are, 
but it's the first step in what's going to be a series of steps addressing those two issues, particularly on the east side. Interesting to see him doing a co-announcement with Ken Sim after EB earlier endorsed his his opponent in yeah. the recent municipal election. He endorsed uh, Ken Stewart. I'm already picking up signs that the relationship between Ken Sim and the Premier's office is going to be much warmer than the relationship between Kennedy Stewart and the NDP really? government. I mean, I, I picked up early on. There was friction between Kennedy Stewart and the NDP government. Um, there was no question. Stewart, in the beginning of the pandemic, complaining that Victoria wasn't doing enough to help Vancouver, demanding more money. You're going to see a better relationship between Ken Sim and David Eby, I think. I noticed on your Twitter feed last night you've been reading this uh, a book on Watergate. So you're a Watergate buff, mm-hmm. right, fan? Let's, let's go back into the Wayback Machine here and listen to Richard Nixon. <laughs> I welcome this kind of examination because people have got to know whether or not their president is a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. I've earned everything I've got. Okay, do you think at the height of Watergate, did senior Republicans start to bail out on oh, yeah. Nixon? They, they lost his support, right? Oh, yeah. And this is, this is what the striking thing, striking difference is the Republican Party today. They're slowly bailing out on Donald Trump, but nowhere near to what happened under Watergate with Richard Nixon. Uh, it was Barry Goldwater, the staunch right-wing senator from Arizona, who was the one who went into the White House and said, you're done. You don't have the votes. You're going to get impeached uh, in the Senate. Um, and so it was the Republicans who finally told Richard Nixon, you got to go, and he resigned. I mean, for all of Nixon's, well, they're more than foibles. There were some deep-rooted problems with him. Uh, but he did take the honorable route out and resigned, whereas the Republican Party today is at a crossroads. I mean, they're still uh, tormented by divisions over Donald Trump and wacky right-wing conspiracy theories. There's That's no way completely th- different than the Republican Party of 1974. There's no way that Trump can beat Ron DeSantis for the Republican nomination. I don't think, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, I think Trump has lost his steam, but some significant wing of the Republican Party refused to admit that. All right, it's Baldry's Beat. The phone lines are open. 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898 on your cell. Chris and Langley. Hi, Chris. Go ahead. Hey, gentlemen. A couple quick points. Uh, Future uh, of insurance. Look at Tesla down in in the States, private company, of course. They've started doing insurance a couple years back, and they do it based on the car and the safety score. So if you're a good driver, you're paying a lot less based on the car's recording of your driving. So if you're a speeder, if you're getting a lot of forward collision warnings, you know, you're, you're hitting brakes late and all that, you're paying more. And so that kind of gives a bit of a more fair uh, uh, rating to, to how you pay. Uh, the other thing on, on DeSantos beating Trump, um, you know, if we look at past behaviors uh, and predicting the future, Trump's going to call out uh, a rigged election. Right now it, it seems to be focused on, on the left rigging the elections, and he's going to put it right square into the into the right's lap when he's, he talks about DeSantos winning and, and it being rigged against him and, and blah, blah, yeah. blah. So I, I see a, yeah. a big turmoil coming. Sure, sure. It'll well, be rigged. Look, yeah. You know, look forward to a civil war within the Republican Party. I mean, the yeah. party is really going to tear itself apart over the the MAGA people, the Make America Great Again faction, which are Trump's and, uh, and the non... And DeSantis is hardly, you know, a 
you know, centrist. <laughs> he's just yeah. he's just slightly less wacky than uh, and right wing than Trump is. Yeah, I, I think he win. I think he's going to win that nomination pretty handily. Let me let me ask you about the, the caller raised an interesting point about insurance options that we don't have in British Columbia. Like some of these metrics that you can get in other jurisdictions, you can install devices on your car that will measure your speed, measure your braking time. And if you're a safe driver, you can get a lower insurance rate. Well, I see now, the, the talked pro- about stuff like that. They've talked about it, but it's been a long yeah. time coming. I mean, well, if, if you've got a lot of accidents, you're going to pay more for insurance. I mean, this is the whole, you know, Roadstar, whatever it calls, if you're accident free, your insurance premiums are lower in BC. But ICBC's talked about some of these things about um, speed monitors. Are you speeding, you know, and tracking your driving record? But uh, a lot of it involves. Pretty high-tech technology, and we haven't seen a lot of that. There's yet. a lot of other options, though, in other jurisdictions, like being able to bundle your auto insurance. If you're mm-hmm. going to if you're going to insure more than one vehicle in your family, why should you not get a deal on that like you can in other jurisdictions? These are some of the talking points you hear from the private insurance industry, saying ICBC is, is way behind the times. Let us compete against them. Well, they've been saying that for 30 years, and it's just... Not going to happen, <laughs> but it's not going to happen under the NDP. Huh? Well, it's not going to happen under the BC Liberals. I mean, they're not, they're, they're not going to abandon ICBC. They've never said that. They've never come close to that. So, but they, but what's happening? The insurance industry itself is changing, and it's forcing ICBC to make some changes that were yeah. unheard of twenty, thirty years ago. So these changes are coming. There's no question. Well, you know, they're very slow, though. I mean. Renewing your auto insurance online. That How took, long did that yeah, take? That, that took like you know. years of, of argument. Interesting. I just found when I re- renewed my insurance, the um, the low mileage uh, rate. Remember, yeah. which was five thousand. Right. Uh, now it's going to be ten thousand. Okay. Ten thousand kilometers. So if you're driving less than ten thousand kilometers, take a snapshot of uh, a year. Take a snapshot of your odometer when you renew your insurance because you're going to. They've doubled the uh, really? the um, sort of ceiling that you can get a greatly reduced insurance. Oh, uh, okay. Rob in Chilliwack. Hi, Rob. Go ahead. Hi. Good morning, guys. Uh, you know, I was listening to the, your uh, your original clip there with Keith, and uh, Mr. Avey says that he says we are not going to leave anyone behind in the province. Well, except except for a key point, Mr. Avey, when it comes to no fault insurance, how many people are there? It doesn't matter if Keith. I know you said yesterday there's only a, how many people get seriously injured. It doesn't matter. People's lives are changed from. You know, accidents that sure aren't, aren't you know, totally life-changing, but they're cutting people off. So, Mr. Eby, if you, you know, you, if, say, if you mean, say what, you, uh, what you actually mean, please. You know, if you're going to leave people okay. behind, then say it. But, but uh, you, you, you're coming across as you're trying to please the entire 5.2 million people in our province. Like, come on, man. You are going to leave Thank- people behind. That's life. It happens. Thank like, you for the call. Well, no political party is going to please 5.2 million people on policies. Someone is going to differ from government policy. But what we're seeing with no-fault insurance is probably the reason why the NDP backed away from no-fault in the 1990s. There was a real pushback, uh, particularly from the disabled uh, community, against no-fault. This time it was interesting. They had support of a number of advocacy groups on this, which I think was the big change. Well, we'll see if this is sustained going forward and whether there's, again, ICBC is constantly evolving. I mean, the ICBC of today bears little resemblance to the ICBC that was established in 1972 or 73. Ryan in Vancouver. Ryan, you have 30 seconds here. Yeah, good morning, gentlemen. I wanted to shift gears to the uh, couch and district hospital. Um, Mm. First of all, the the cost overruns that are just astronomical uh, before, before the project even really started, 
Um, secondly, I mean, a big part of that, I believe, is as a result of them using these community benefit agreements, which mm-hmm. are, you know, all sorts of community, you know, quote unquote, community benefits that they tie into that, including indigenous opportunities to work yeah. on these projects. However, as you guys know, uh, in order to work on these projects under a CBA, you have to belong to one of the 19 chosen building trade unions. Otherwise, uh, you're out okay. of luck. Yeah, thanks and for the call. Very, very interesting story out there. Not getting a lot of attention. It should. There's a massive cost overrun there, basically doubling. And also, there's a now a labor dispute when you've got a First Nations construction company being denied work on this project because they're not part of one of the 19 designated unions. It's it's an interesting dispute that's not ending.